Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Yankees fans, exhale. Is it already too late for the LA Clippers title hopes? And Anthony Richardson is a prospective first-round pick for one simple reason. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was getting a little hairy for Yankees fans. Several days into winter meetings going, so... The team's going to re-sign Aaron Judge, right? Right? And there was the question about the San Francisco Giants. And then, mercifully, on Wednesday, a nine-year, $360 million deal inked. Stacey Getsulius from Locked on Yankees joins me now. And Stacey, we talked about this all summer, the special offensive season Aaron Judge was having. So um, what took so long? I know it actually wasn't that long, but it felt like forever <laughs> in a day. I actually joked on my show. I said, he cannot drag this out until just before Christmas. Yankee fans will not be able to take it for that long. So I'm glad it was over. But, you know, yesterday was an emotional roller coaster because there were reports and tweets and things going around saying he was definitely going to the Giants. Then, oh, wait, we jumped the gun. But you know, between reports saying that he was mad that the Yankees leaked the contract amount before the season started, and it just, Yankee fans were in a panic yesterday. And this morning, a lot of them were sleeping when the news came out. So, yeah, they woke up to good news. From from a value standpoint, was this one of those where you just have to say, okay, let, let's just put the number down and, and be fine with it? Like, I'm not going to worry about it? Oh, yeah. Back up the Brinks truck. I was saying it all season. <laughs> I didn't care. It's not my money. I don't care. Right. And they're not, they're not paying for the back end of the contract, which is another thing people keep talking about. It's like they're paying for the first like four or five, six years, maybe. They don't care about seven, eight, and nine. They don't. Well, the age has been a, a, something that has been discussed. A, a nine-year deal in in Aaron Judge's 30s, like that's that's a little bit of a risk, right? But how do you not pay him after the season that he just had? You're the Yankees. If you're not going to pay to keep Aaron Judge, who are you going to pay to keep? Right. And when I saw Trey Turner got 11 years, 300 million, and he's turning 30 this July, <laughs> I thought to myself, Aaron Judge is going to get a really good payday and they're not going to care about the age. I like that it's only nine years and not 10. I like that they kind of stopped it there because that was another thing. People so he were won't thinking, be 40, just 39. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's just after what he did this past season, there was no excuse for them to not get him. And I thought about it last night. Why would you leave the Yankees? Really? I know it's the whole hometown boy scenario, but it's the Yankees. You can have your number retired. I know a lot of people have, but you can have your number retired with the Yankees. You can go to old timers day. You've seen all the pomp and circumstance. Why would you leave it? So that is that was a question I was going to ask you to try and take off your Yankees hat for a moment, though you don't actually literally have to take off your Yankees hat. Yeah, please. No, no, no one needs to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but just from a, a, a landing point perspective, why do you think the, the Giants part was as alluring as it seemed to be? Like, was this the right choice from a baseball perspective from Aaron Judge, do you think? I mean, I believe it's the whole helping out the hometown team go back to their glory from the early part of the 2010s when they won those every other 
World Series and, you know, growing up watching Barry Bonds and liking Barry Bonds. And I know that there's some sort of lore about that. But then there are a lot of people who, like CeCe Sabathia, I think they wanted him in the Bay Area. The A's wanted him and, you know, other California teams wanted him. And he talked Judge into staying. He's like, why would you even think about leaving the Yankees for anyone at this point? Just stay with the Yankees. You will be treated as a as a conquering hero uh, and forever. I mean, that's yes. the thing. Like, it, it is one of the advantages for all the big market complaints that people have. I'm not a Yankees fan, so no one get mad at me. I'm just telling you, from, from a sports perspective, being big on the Yankees, I don't know that there is being big on any other team that matters more than being big on the Yankees. And yep. Maybe it's a New York thing. Maybe it's, but I think it's also a, a team culture thing. Like, if if he continues to be this guy for five more years, He'll, he'll just be like the most famous guy in New York City. Like, it'll be great. Yeah, I know a lot of people were kind of worried about the Metro North station at 153rd and Yankee Stadium having to be changed <laughs> because Aaron Judge is literally plastered all over that station. And I even thought about that when I went to a game in late September. I said, what happens if he does leave and they have to take all this down? Well, that's not happening. He's still there. Stay up to date all here on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Yankees on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, can the LA Clippers get back to where we thought they would be coming into the season? Title contenders. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because we need to talk about Bill Barr's new reimagined flavors. Just... Wait on this. Cookie dough topper. Coconut brownie bar. Coconut brownie topper. The coconut brownie. Every version of it. Every iteration is my favorite. Sorry. They're all my favorite. I can't pick one. They're all my favorites. White chocolate peppermint granola. Just in time for the holidays. It's built take on the granola bar. So it's more filling and still insanely tasty. These things are miracles of modern food science. 100% real chocolate with 16, 17 grams of protein, depending on the bar. And still just 130 calories. They are incredible. I eat them almost every day. And a day I don't eat them is a day that I'm a little disappointed that I didn't eat them. Get 15% off your order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Buffalo Bills pass rusher Von Miller is out for the remainder of the season after having surgery for an ACL injury, according to Sean McDermott on Wednesday. Miller underwent exploratory surgery in Texas on Tuesday and an ACL injury was found in his right knee. The pass rusher initially was placed on injured reserve last Thursday before the game against the New England Patriots. That decision came after the swelling in his knee went down. It was decided he would need a knee scope. Bills general manager Brandon Bean said on Wednesday the hope was he would return this season. Miller said on his podcast last week that he hoped to return this Sunday against the New York Jets. But now attention turns to 2023 with Bean saying that we think if everything goes well with rehab, we'll have him for most of 2023. The New Orleans Pelicans are the top team in the Western Conference. Best team in the Western Conference, the New Orleans Pelicans are making the claim. I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA. That's five in a row for the Pelicans, and they are currently atop the Western Conference standings. 
While that's impressive by itself, it's the way they are winning that makes you think they could be a true title contender. Tough physical games, no problems we saw after they beat the Pistons on Wednesday. High offense scoring affairs, they did it against the Denver Nuggets. Defense first, they shut down the Raptors. And they're doing this while dealing with tons of injuries. Brandon Ingram is still out. He may return Sunday is the target date against the Phoenix Suns, but he's only played 11 games with Zion Williamson so far. When you have the depth the Pelicans do, you can win a variety of different ways, and that bodes well for the regular season and the playoffs. But up next is their biggest challenge yet, with two straight games against the Suns, and we'll have a clear picture of this team on Monday. Former Buffalo Bills punter Matt Ariza and former teammates on the San Diego State football team will not face criminal charges in connection with an alleged gang rape of a minor that occurred at an off-campus party in October 2021. The San Diego County District Attorney's Office announced this on Wednesday, saying ultimately prosecutors determined it is clear the evidence does not support the filing of criminal charges and there is no path to a potential criminal conviction. Prosecutors can only file charges when they ethically believe they can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. On the ice, the Buffalo Sabres did, well, whatever they wanted to the Columbus Blue Jackets, including five goals, yes, five from Tall Tage Thompson, four of which came in the first period. The Sabres with a record-breaking performance, at least for a couple of individuals. Jody Biasi from the Locked On Sabres podcast, a 9-4 victory in Columbus over the lowly Blue Jackets and Tage Thompson steals the show with five goals, including four goals in the first period. That ties an NHL record for the most goals in a single period. He also ties the Buffalo Sabres record for most goals in a game with five. Dave Andrzejczyk doing that uh, over a couple of decades ago with the Buffalo Sabres. An, a historic night for Tage Thompson. Records being broken all over the place. Dylan Cousins, uh, most three-point performances in a row by a 21-year-old. Just all over the place. It was a phenomenal performance by the Sabres. The Blue Jackets didn't get their goals until the game was well out of hand. Here is another story you need to know. The LA Clippers were a trendy title contender coming into the season, and they got off to a bit of a slow start, but that was to be expected because Kawhi Leonard was still working his way back. This team still trying to find its footing. He was back Wednesday night, and the Clippers came out like a house of fire, 32-14 to 14 in the first quarter against the Orlando Magic. Um, they lost that game, 111-116. They are now 14-12, and 12, trying to figure out what to do next. Here to help us figure that out, Darian Vaziri from Locked On Clippers. And I'm understanding this game was a bit of a disappointment. But it's also a bit emblematic of this start to the season. What do you make of the Clippers as we stand here today in early December? Well, they just haven't been able to get any sort of rhythm or consistency in terms of lineups, rotations, players playing, their stars playing mainly. And it's hard to fulfill a championship vision when you don't have the players that are going to be the biggest factors in that championship, potential championship run with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And, you know, they went cold tonight in this game. But that being said, the Clippers still should have won this game. I think the trickiest part was the whole minutes restriction thing where they didn't play in overtime because they were capped out minutes-wise. Then they all of a sudden came back in for a second at the end. Desperation. <laughs> it's just It's just very wacky. With that, uh, with the injury stuff going on, and you just hope that they can find their full fitness and full health and get a string of games together as the season progresses. 
the, the part of the theory, though, of why they were such a trendy title contender was that this is a deep team. And if you don't have, you know, the A-plus game from Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, that you're going to get pick-me-ups from some of these other guys. Why was that enough? not enough in this game? And, and how concerned are you that that's going to be an issue moving forward? If you don't get the A-plus version of these guys, that they're not going to be able to fulfill their destiny. Well, I actually think it's the reason is because a lot of that depth is also injured tonight. No John Wall, no Norman Powell, no Luke Kennard. Terrence Mann had 17 points. Nico Batum had, I think, 16 points. They played fantastic. It was the stars that didn't play very well. But I think what the problem was, Clippers, I think, had, if I'm not mistaken, 99 points at the end of regulation. I think that they struggled to score. And I think part of that is because they didn't have some big shot, big time shot creators for them in this game. And that those were John Wall and Norman Powell. So no excuses. They still should have won the game, but definitely part of that amazing depth that we talked about as Clipper fans wasn't there tonight. Yeah. Seven for 27 from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined. You're not going to win a lot of games if your two best players shoot like that. So how, how confident do you think Clippers fans should be that they're going to get better versions of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the playoffs. Number one, Paul George has had his issues in the playoffs, though lately has been much better. And then Kawhi Leonard, I don't know how anyone is supposed to expect anything out of Kawhi Leonard when we just haven't seen him on the court that much over the last two years. I think it's very hard to, to talk about playoffs so early. I think what we need to see right now as Clipper fans is, and I, if, to answer your question right now is I'm not confident. I, I want to see them get a string of games in healthy during this regular season it's nice that they played two games in a row against Charlotte and Orlando, but they're sitting out tomorrow on Thursday against the Miami Heat. But that's normal. I just hope that besides those back-to-back games that they'll miss, that they will stay healthy with no even small injuries so they can get a string of games in. And hopefully we start to see the final vision that Ty Lue has coming together and starting to get consistent reps. Uh, I really hope, I think they should be Clipper fans should be optimistic. I don't think it'll get worse, knock on wood, with Kawhi Leonard's injuries and Paul George being out, but yeah, we're just going to have to see. That's, that's damning with faint praise a little bit, right? Because it can't, it can't get much worse, at least for Kawhi Leonard, because he's been out so much. Uh, do you, do you still think quickly here that, yeah. that there is championship pedigree here, that this can still be the team that a lot of really smart people thought um, they could be coming into the season? Absolutely. Because I have no doubts really about the supporting cast. Maybe they'll make a small move at the trade deadline, it's all about Kawhi Leonard. I think Paul George will be fine. I truly do. I think he'll be okay. I just hope he stays healthy. But Kawhi Leonard, we haven't seen that best version of him yet because it takes time for this injury this serious. I want to see that. And once, if and when we see that, that's when the championship contention will be unlocked. Stay up to date all year on the LA Clippers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Clippers on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Anthony Richardson will be the next Florida Gator to be drafted in the first round. Florida's Anthony Richardson has not been one of the best performers at quarterback this season in the NCAA, but he is a first-round prospect in next year's NFL draft. Locked on Gators host Brandon Olson has the reason why. You're going to watch the film, and his tape is going to be rough. You're going to see a lot of just mental errors, a lot of inconsistencies throwing the football. And you're going to be like, okay, he's, he's not great right now. 
but you're also going to see his physical traits. You're going to see his ability to extend plays in the pocket. You're going to see his cannon for an arm. You're going to see his athleticism where he can outrun an entire defense. You're going to see those things where he's evading pressure. He's literally being grabbed at both of his legs, and he flicks the ball still 20 yards downfield and to the sideline. And you're going to be like, okay, I want him on my team because that's what a franchise quarterback has. Those are the tools that a franchise quarterback has. I promise you. NFL teams aren't looking at this guy and going, ooh, he can complete a lot of passes in the 10 to 20 range. Ooh, and inside the hashes too. He's so great. No, NFL teams are looking for a guy where they say, could you be a franchise quarterback? Could you be Josh Allen? Could you be Patrick Mahomes? Could you be him? That, that's what they're looking for at the quarterback. They're looking for him. That's why Zach Wilson was a second overall pick, even though he should not have been. I will die on that hill. Um, but that's why Zach Wilson was a second round was a second overall pick because the Jets were like, well, could he be him? That's what it gets you. That's what gets you drafted in the first round. They don't care if you're a, a, a great pocket passer right now. No, they care that you have the tools that elite franchise altering quarterbacks have. Not just franchise quarterbacks as guys that could hold down the helm for eight years. Franchise-altering quarterback that you can change the direction of this franchise completely. That's what you get from Anthony Richardson. I've said it a million times before. He is a physical freak. He's one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. People his size don't move the way he moves. And if they can, they can't throw the ball the way he does. After Josh Allen was drafted and succeeded, there were a lot of people who said, well, there will now be a lot of mistakes on these big, strong, athletic passers who are extremely raw. Okay, and then Justin Herbert came in and did the same thing. And then you have Jalen Hurts. They might go win the Super Bowl. Now, he's not the prototype in terms of big, strong pocket passer, but he was considered to be an unrefined passer coming out of college with excellent athletic ability. Kyler Murray just got a historic contract because he is an athletic marvel, able to win from inside and outside the pocket. This is the modern prototype. So yes, Anthony Richardson is raw, but you bet on traits. You bet on your ability to coach these guys up. And if you fall in love with upside, fine. You can fail falling in love with upside. Don't fail because you want the guy who you are more confident can win from the pocket, but that's all they can do. And maybe they're not quite as physically gifted. No, you want the guy who can change your life. Look at the teams around the league who have the nice pocket passer, the Jared Goffs of the world, the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. What have those teams gone out and done? They've gone out and tried to upgrade their franchise quarterback to get someone who has that tip-top athletic ability. And athleticism is included in arm talent. You want that upper tier, that, that top one percentile of physical traits. That's what the Matthew Stafford trade was about, and it won the Rams a Super Bowl. Not everyone is going to be Joe Burrow. But right now, we have more quarterbacks than we've had maybe ever succeeding because they can win outside of structure, because they can win with their legs. The idea that you have to be 
a pocket passer only to win in the NFL right now is wrong. In fact, if anything, it's the opposite. You need to be able to do both to be maximally effective in today's NFL. And someone like Anthony Richardson, yeah, he may bust, but he may boom too. And that kind of upside can change your franchise. And finally, the NCAA can be right sometimes. Virginia football players with expiring eligibility will be granted an extra year by the NCAA in the wake of the shooting that killed Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry last month. Virginia confirmed to ESPN that it initiated and submitted the request to the NCAA. Virginia canceled its final two games after the shooting, which also left running back Mike Hollins and student Marley Morgan injured. The decision affects only a handful of players who were in their final season of eligibility in 2022, but it is an excellent decision nonetheless. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Raiders take advantage of this opportunity known as, well, whatever the LA Rams are right now? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.